0: And welcome to the Iceberg Recap Show, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Pittsburgh Penguins 3, Vegas Golden Knights 0, the fifth shutout of the season for the Pittsburgh Penguins in just their 16th game. Of the season. This team is a hard one to figure out if you haven't picked up on that by now. But top storyline in this game, depth scoring roars back for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I talked about it after last night's game or two nights ago against the Carolina Hurricanes, saying that the depth scoring needs to come back because it was prevalent a little bit for a little while during that five-game win streak, and then it fell off a cliff. The third line wasn't scoring. The fourth line wasn't scoring. Up to last night, there was only one goal, For every defenseman not named Eric Carlson, I talked about that. Well, last night, that all changed. Ryan Graves gets his first goal as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nolichari gets his first goal as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Pens use that to help beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. Not only that, but the penalty kill was really good. Stellar goaltending by Alex Nedeljkovic. A complete 180. From what we saw from the Pittsburgh Penguins in their previous two outings against the Hurricanes and the Devils, a solid performance against the Vegas Golden Knights. And as I said last night on my quick post on the YouTube channel, Probably one of the best performances we've seen this season, if not the best performance we've seen this season from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's move over and talk a little bit about the goal recap. Not a lot to discuss in this one, but it is all yellow, just like we like to see. Ryan Graves opened the scoring in the first two and a half minutes of the game. He gets his first as a member of the Penguins. Assist goes to Redeem Zahorna and Drew O'Connor, who were mucking it up in front of Aiden Hill. Things got crazy, and Ryan Graves got the puck with a beautiful chance, a wide-open net, and he did not miss from there. Graves has shot the puck a lot this season. He is a definitely shot-first mentality type of defenseman, and finally he finds the back of the net with that mentality. One to nothing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's where it stood after the first period of play, similar to the night before against the Carolina Hurricanes, but in the... In the second period, it was a different story. Instead of it being one to one, it was two to nothing in favor of the Penguins. Nolichari gets a lucky bounce, and again, a wide open net to beat Aiden Hill. Hill look in the other direction because one of the Vegas defensemen tries to reverse course and send the puck up the boards the opposite way. Instead, it bounces off Matt Nieto, who gets his first assist as a member of the Penguins, and it bounces right out to Nolachari, who had a gaping net, and he did not miss from there. Cookies first as a member of the Penguins, and it was two to nothing from there. Third period begins. Vegas had a lot of push in that third period. A lot of opportunities created by the Vegas Golden Knights. A stellar job by Alex Nedeljkovic to allow very little in ways of rebounds and shut things down in favor of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And at the end of the game, with the net pulled, Evgeny Malkin extends the lead to to 3-0, puts the dagger in the hearts of the Vegas Golden Knights, gets his ninth goal of the season in the process, and extends Jake Gensel's scoring streak to eight games as he picks up his 15th assist on that empty net goal. Chris Letang also gets a Apple on that one. It was interesting because uh, Sidney Crosby was standing right there. Malkin could have passed it off, could have made Crosby extend his point streak as well. But uh, I, I think Gino probably owes Crosby a, a couple, a couple cokes after the game. Uh, for passing them up on that one. But nonetheless, the result that the Pittsburgh Penguins wanted all along, they get the victory, they get off the schneid after two straight losses to division opponents, and they beat the defending Stanley Cup champion, something that you cannot take with a grain of salt. That is a big momentum booster for the Pittsburgh Penguins, heading into an off day today, a practice day on Tuesday, and then a game against the New York Rangers on Wednesday night that will be uh, very pivotal for them as to where they feel they stand at the, the Thanksgiving holiday in America. Can they compete with the top of the Metropolitan? division, That'll be a question that gets answered here on Wednesday as they've already lost to two other teams that'll be at the top of the Metro in the previous two games before this one. But let's get to the three stars of the game here. Pittsburgh Penguins penalty kill is my third star. They've been the star of the game in a couple of these so far in the first quarter of the season. Three for three on the night. The Golden Knights have a very solid First power play unit, you look at the names that are on there, Shea Theodore, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, there's a lot of talent there. Jonathan so when he gets opportunities, is a very dangerous goal scorer. But the Penguins were able to shut them down 3-for-3 three three on the night, now ninth in the National Hockey League on the season, with an 84.8% success rate. I mean, when you look at special teams... You can't say anything about Mike Velucci. His defense has been trying to find an identity. His defense has shown an identity at points, but his penalty kill specifically has been exceptional on the season. The only goal they've given up in the past, I think, five or six games was that empty net goal at the end of the Carolina Hurricanes game when the net was empty uh, as empty nickel. goal. But, you know, at the end of the day, you look at what they're doing. It's not just from a system standpoint. It's from a desire standpoint, a go-get-it standpoint, because everybody is selling out on that unit. Brian Rust has blocked so many shots. He getting a couple opportunities shorthanded as they're starting to create some offense from that penalty kill unit that we've seen in the past couple of games. Chris Latang last night blocked a couple of shots on one power play in particular that looked like uh, it certainly stung a little bit, but it just looks like these guys are selling out. It looks like these guys are really really just all committed to making sure that that penalty kill unit is making up for uh, for some lost time with the power play unit on the other end of things. But penalty kill unit gets the third star of the game. They were 3-3 three for three in this one. They continue to be one of the biggest bright spots of the Pittsburgh Penguin season so far. I'm going to go with another group star on the second star of the game, Penguins' third line. Reunited after one game separated, they obviously changed it up when the Penguins took on the Carolina Hurricanes, moving Redeem Zahorna up to the second line and bumping Ricard Raquel down to the third line. It didn't look good against Carolina, and Mike Sullivan said, I think that's enough of that, and he switched the lineup around. I would doubt that it has anything to do with the fact that Vinny Henestrosa was out of the lineup with a lower body injury, and Jeff Carter was back in. I, I don't think that should have affected what happened between the second and third lines, but regardless... They got back together against the Vegas Golden Knights and they looked to have their rhythm back because when Redeem Zahorna first came up to the NHL this season, four games into the season, they had a really, they had a good bit of jump in their game. They had a lot of juice going and then it kind of leveled off a little bit. That one game apart seems to have sparked something again and they looked right back to how they did throughout the best portions of the season for this line. They combined for the first Penguins goal, they picked up two assists on that one or Zahorna and O'Connor and they outshot the Golden Knights 9-7. to I mean, Vegas is one of the deepest teams in the National Hockey League. They have a bottom six that is really good at not only keeping possession of the puck, but creating opportunities and creating chances and scoring goals. And I thought the third line did a really good job in that matchup. They outchanced the Vegas Golden Knights 7-3 to at 5-on-5. Five five, and I thought that they just, overall, when you watch the game, they had a very positive impact for the Pittsburgh Penguins in this one. And the first star of the game... You got to give it to Big Ned. In his first game back off of long-term injured reserve, Alex Nedeljkovic capitalizes getting a 38-save shutout and doing a great job, like I mentioned earlier, limiting the rebounds. There were some really good opportunities for the Vegas Golden Knights. They had a couple open lanes that they took advantage of, and when they did, Alex Nedeljkovic not only made the save, but made sure to keep the rebound either far and away, outside of the crease or swallowing it whole and freezing the puck. He did a fantastic job slowing the pace of play to where he wanted it to be, where the Penguins' defense wanted it to be, and kind of just stifling the Vegas Golden Knights' offensive attack. And obviously, like we mentioned, it was a great weekend. This capped it off with a shutout over the defending champions, but in his rehab stint a couple days earlier, he scored a goal. Is not his first goal in professional hockey, but he scored a goal with the wilkes Grant and Baby Penguins, so a great weekend for Alex Nedeljkovic, and if you watched his post-game availability, you know that it got even better on Sunday afternoon before he even took the ice on Sunday evening in Pittsburgh because he's a Cleveland Browns fan, and you can certainly hold that against him, but you can't hold against him what he was able to go out there and do against Vegas. 38 saves on 38 shots. Phenomenal performance. And you're hoping if you're the Penguins that that keeps up and you can really get a true 1A, 1B. But that's a discussion for another day. Final thoughts on this one. You know, I said at the end of it, and I got to stop talking about Ricard Raquel at the end of these, but it is the overwhelming negative storyline surrounding the Penguins. Yes, they need their depth scoring. And I said that, On the Carolina Hurricanes game recap that, listen, it's not just Raquel. He is obviously the poster child for it because you had him at 28 goals last season. You need him to score more than the zero that he has this season to this point. You need him to get going. You can't spend $5 million on that player in that situation on this roster and get nothing from him. So understandably, we're going to talk about him. But I also mentioned yesterday, hey, you got to look at the defense hasn't scored very much. You have to look at the bottom six hasn't done very much. Well, in this game, third line helps combine for the first goal, a goal that was scored by a defenseman that was not named Eric Carlson or Chris Latang for that matter. And then the fourth line chips in on a goal the way that the fourth line is going to score goals. Get down in front, get a good bounce and capitalize on an opportunity when an open, net, an open net's in front of you. So now, again, the focus shifts back to Ricard Raquel. My question now becomes a question that everybody's asking in the Penguins fan base. What point do you move Raquel with Crosby? And I get it. It's a weird situation. This guy's slumping. Why would you move him up in the lineup? Why would you play him with Sidney Crosby if he's slumping? Well, it's affecting Malkin's line at this point. You can't continue to let Ricard Raquel just flounder on that line, especially when Evgeny Malkin's starting. To not put the puck in the back of the net as much as he did in the first couple of weeks of the season. Riley Smith has now gone 7 games without a goal. Malkin, in that time, has 5 points in 7 games, under a point per game. And one of those points was the empty netter last night. So, you start to wonder, now that it's affecting the second line, is Mike Sullivan going to finally, after 16 games, put Ricard Raquel where he feels most comfortable? which is alongside Sidney Crosby. And it's not like Crosby doesn't feel comfortable with Raquel either. You look at what that line was able to do last season, it was nothing but positive for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the problem was last season that Brian Rust was struggling on the second line. You wanted to kickstart Brian Rust, so what did you do? You bumped him up to the first line. Now you see Brian Rust playing extremely well, and I get it. You don't want to break that line up, but Brian Rust can drive play. Brian Rust has played and succeeded with Evgeny Malkin for large stints, At the NHL level, why not do that switch and at what point do you finally say, okay, fine, we'll make the switch, we'll put Raquel up there, and we'll see if that can jumpstart him going back to the two players that he's played the best with since coming over to Pittsburgh. Brian Rust brings a new dimension to the second line, that speed, that playmaking ability, that really terrific hockey IQ that he has shown this season. It's not just the goals that he's scoring, it's the way that he's setting up Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. Put that on Evgeny Malkin's line. Try to kickstart Malkin and Riley Smith once again. And hope that that also kickstarts Ricard Raquel in the, proce- in, in the process of that. Because that those two have a proven history together. And it's kind of crazy that we're 16 games into this struggle for Ricard Raquel. And they haven't even tried it once. So I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it at some point. Maybe it's not Wednesday. But maybe... It's after the holiday coming up this Thursday. Up next for the Pittsburgh Penguins, like I mentioned on Wednesday, the annual Thanksgiving Eve game. It's a big night for the NHL on Thanksgiving Eve. Always is every year. Another divisional matchup against the New York Rangers. You cannot drop a third straight against division opponents. They're 2-2 and in the division on the season. They beat the Washington Capitals, who are playing pretty good hockey, but that was back in the second game of the season. It was the Capitals' home opener. It was the Capitals' season opener. So take that for what you will. It was a different team at that point. So were the Pittsburgh Penguins. They did beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, but the Columbus Blue Jackets are not good. I'm just going to say it that way. And then you lose to the New Jersey Devils. You lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. And the worst part about those losses, I think I mentioned it on both of the game recaps for them, It looked exactly like it did last season when you faced off against them. So they didn't succeed very much against New York last year either. At least they did pick up a victory last season against the Rangers, but we'll see what they're able to do in their first matchup this year. You just can't go into the holiday saying, hey, of those four important games leading up to the Thanksgiving holiday, three of them were division matchups. If you go one and three, that's not good. If the one win is against the Vegas Golden Knights, that makes it look even worse because at the end of the day, if you get to the playoffs... What do, you want, what do you need to go through? You need to go through your division. That's the way that NHL playoffs are set up. That's the way the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to have to succeed if they want to go on a run. You have to do it against your own division, and the Penguins haven't done that in the past couple seasons against the cream of the crop in the Metropolitan. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from.